For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone happy new year and welcome back to another episode of lead singer syndrome we're kicking off 2022 with some positivity that's right mr nathan gray of boy sets fire he's here to talk about his brand new solo record which It's called Rebel Songs. It's a political record. You'd think maybe it would be pissed off and angry. It's surprisingly uplifting. We talk about all that and more. Nathan is the best. I am so happy to be kicking off 2022 with this episode. And if you're keeping track, and I sort of am, this is episode 299 which is crazy when it comes out of my mouth that I have done 299 interviews with other lead singers. It's amazing. And thank you for tuning in for the support. It means a lot. But that leads us into episode 300 next week with a very special guest. I'm very, very excited for this one. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you tune in. You don't want to miss it. I'm jazzed. I am so, so very excited. Happy New Year. Uh, I hope you guys had a really great holiday. Hopefully, <laughs> you stayed COVID free. <laughs> Shit's getting crazy out there right now. Um, but I, I truly do mean I hope you and your family and everybody are safe and doing well and staying positive. We're going to get through this thing. I'm feeling good about 2022. Whether I should or not, I am feeling very positive. And don't worry, because Lead Singer Syndrome and New Noise is going to be continuing all year long. Me and Mike Howell had a lot of great times in 2021. Our full year of doing the podcast pretty much every week. I don't think we missed very many talking about all the new records. So if you missed that, a great place to start would be to go listen to our end of the year episodes. We talk, we have one where we talk about the albums, one where we talk about EPs and other stuff. 
find out some records that you probably missed. And I'm looking forward to new music in 2022 as well. And of course, talking to so many other lead singers, which is, as you know, what I do around here. If you want to support the show, we got the All Access Club. Fire in on all cylinders. Head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access for as little as $6 a month. That gets you in. That gets you bonus episodes and access to an amazing community. Shout out to all my sinners. Love you guys. Happy New Year. So yeah, head over there. Leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Also, we're going to have some new sponsors on board in 2022. I do appreciate you listening to the ads. I do appreciate you checking out some of these products and things that they are selling because I vet them. I make sure this stuff isn't weird. It's good. So check out those products if you think you may need them and you may. I know a lot of the things that have been advertised on this show, I'm like, shit, that's pretty sick. You know, whether it's Grammarly, which I still use all the time, whether it's my Manscaped kit, hey, <laughs> I got hair. It's a good time. So check out those things as well. And uh, the Alexis Club, don't sleep on it. It is a good time. Also, some other stuff coming up in 2022. Silverstein is going on tour with Beartooth in March. I'm very excited for that. Tickets are on sale now. It's a monster package. Beartooth, Silverstein, The Devil Wears Prada, and Era. Wow. Four bands, and we're not just playing the typical places. This is not, you know, majors only. We're playing some cities we don't always play. So there could be something close to you if you uh, live in the sticks a little bit, okay? So check it out. Uh, you can find the dates. Just Google it. It'll come up. Get tickets for that. I am very excited to be back on the road. Just a couple months. It's going to come up very quick. That's about all for now. Happy New Year, everybody. Here it is, the first episode of 2022 on Lead Singer Syndrome. Here it is with my pal, Nathan Gray of Voices Fire. Nathan. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, man. Good to talk I to am you. so dumb at this stuff. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, honestly, um, at least we don't have video on this, right? Like, yeah, oh, just, yeah, just thank goodness. Adds a whole other <laughs> layer of things that can go wrong. <laughs> and no, man, this is, I love this. Old school, audio only, nothing, nothing to worry about. You don't have to worry about how many wrinkles you have on your face today or anything. <laughs> I mean, hey. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. With Mr. Nathan Gray, uh, you may know him from Boy Sets Fire, or you may know him from his blossoming solo career, and congratulations on your third solo record, Rebel Songs, just came out. I'm loving this thing. Thank you so much. I'm stoked for it. Yeah, man. Um, so your third solo album, I feel like you've really been churning out a lot of material lately. I don't know if that's... Mm -hmm. You know, the pandemic, a lot of downtime, <laughs> or if you're feeling particularly inspired, but mm -hmm. uh, I'm loving this thing all the way through. And honestly, like this is a bit of a different tone for you. There's some different stuff on this record. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, it's, um, it, well, I, it's a little bit of both of what you said. I mean, there is the whole being stuck in, I mean, it was, what was it March of 2020 that I was on the road uh, for my last album yep. and, and had to come home uh, as everything was hitting and closing down. So it was as soon as I got home, it was one of those things. It was like, well, I can, of course we were all thinking, ah, what's it going to last a few weeks? I know. You know? <laughs> I know. So funny now. <laughs> yeah. But, but I was thinking, you know, I can get really depressed about this and really upset or I can use the time to sort of move ahead, you know? And as I started moving ahead, um, I think that I, I put a lot more thought, I think, into what, and maybe at times for my friends, a little more thought than I should have, but, um, 
they're just like, oh, geez, what are you doing now? <laughs> but um, now check this out. This is what I'm going to try to do now. Oh, what about this? You know, but um, the it was really important to me because, you know, I put out Feral Hymns, which was more of an introspective, just me and a guitar yeah. type of album. Yep. And then going into and obviously like the the issues surrounding that album were very dark and speaking about sexual abuse that I had dealt with as a child. Um, but the cool thing about that was that it helped release me into this other stuff. You know, yeah. uh, I think a lot of times you can't really get to the next step until you confront what's hurting, you know? And um, so I got into that and then working title uh, played that. I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to bring in a band. I'm going to like start, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to get this a little bit more energetic. And almost, I was thinking of that album, I was thinking more of getting back into sort of the casting out territory and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what I had done with that. But then with this, it was like, I was sitting there going, well, I've, I've worked through a lot of this. I've gotten a lot of healing for the shit I've gone through. Thanks to music. And, um, yeah, you, I think it's time to step back into my comfort zone, you know, uh, which has always been speaking out on political and social issues. Right. But, but you can't really speak on those things if you're not taking care of yourself first, you know? Uh, so going into that, it was like, you know, what are the things that I need to do, but do differently? You know, I've screamed about these things. I've been angry about these things maybe people don't want to hear that right now. You know, maybe, maybe we need a little bit of joy and positivity at this moment. You know, uh, we're all angry. We're all upset, but who's guiding the way, you know? Um, so I was thinking past that even, what does that mean musically though? And, and musically that meant looking back to, I I would say the scriptures, but it's not what people are going to think I'm saying. And it's the scripture for me are the writings of Joe Strummer. There you go. It's, it's, yes. it's the clash. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. I almost gave up on punk rock, honestly. Like when I heard the sex pistols, I was so bored. Like <laughs> it was, it was just, and I don't mean that in the way of the music, the music was rad, but the message was so, nihilistic and just it sucks fuck it whatever you know and it's like ah it just didn't speak to me you know yeah and so i was like is this what punk is like i don't really care about that i don't want to just be depressed and bummed out about shit sucking then i got that first clash album and i heard joe strummer and i heard you know that whole band play with such joy and sincerity and there was that angst there but there was also that yeah, this sucks, but we're going to get out there and do something about it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's lit a spark with me that, that changed my life forever. Um, well, you certainly can hear so, it. I mean, you can hear yeah. it on this record. I mean, the first two songs, you know, I definitely hear The Clash, and I definitely mm-hmm. hear, you know, major chord progressions, and I hear yeah. uplifting melodies, which was yeah. surprising. Knowing, right. You know, <laughs> if I follow you on social media, you know, you have, mm-hmm. you're, you can, you tell people what you think, and you tell yes. people when you're angry, and I expected, yes. I think, an angrier record, not something yeah. that was uplifting and mm-hmm. this record really has a a deep level of positivity surrounding it thank you it was it was very purposeful i went in to things that were making me angry and i put further introspection into those things mm-hmm. and was like you know how can i just not tell people what they already know because i think that's one of the problems that we faced during like the Trump administration, it was like low hanging fruit. It was right. almost too easy. Like, right. and that's why a lot of punk fans were like, well, fuck it. Everybody already knows this sucks. Like, why do we have to tell them? You know? Um, so when I got into this, I sort of thought the same thing was that, well, I can speak on these issues and I can talk about things that are, that's bothering me in the rest of the world, but I need to give people something to really grasp onto that they can't already find themselves. And, and that's been, I mean, that's pushed forward into not just the music on the recording, but my live production of, you know, who I bring out on the road with me and how we perform live Mm -hmm. and the happiness and the joy and the speaking with people and bringing people in 
to the show uh, as part of the show, as opposed to just an audience and a, and a, and a band. Um, so, you know, uh, obviously like speaking of the music though, uh, you know, I went into, uh, music that I felt was protest music, but that was a bit more joyful protest music, reggae, yeah. um, and even some hip hop, yeah. uh, going back into some hip hop and the energy and the positivity that, that you could get from like some of that older, like nineties hip hop that had a political uh, bent to it, but a joyful political bent, you yeah, know, yeah. uh, and it was speaking on issues, but it was like, there was, there was something that was like, we can actually do this. Fuck. You know, you, you didn't, you, you listened to a public enemy album and you were like, wait, we might actually do this. Like, you know? Um, so it was very important for me to bring those styles into what I already know. Cause I mean, obviously I do, when I do solo stuff or like things outside of Boyce's Fire, it's always been very, well, for the most part, like melodic punk type yeah. stuff. Cause that's yeah. just what comes out of me. But, um, I needed to mix it up and those were the things to incorporate to mix it up. And, um, uh, that's how this album happened. <laughs> totally. Well, yeah, I have yeah. my notes right here. One of my favorite songs on the album is radio silence. And that's the yes. song that is really showing a different side of Nathan gray, you know, and yeah. I say it, I say it sounds like the clash meets op Ivy, definite reggae influence. Also that's awesome. reminds me of dead Prez. That's what I put in. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's funny. I think I hit yeah. the nail on the head or I should say you, you hit totally the nail on did. Your head with how yeah. you translated that to someone like mm-hmm. me. But I, but I heard that and it was like, I just thought it was such a great way to break up the album a little bit, try some different mm-hmm. things, but yeah. also just, remind everybody of other artists at the same time yeah. because mm-hmm. let's be honest you're not the first person to make a political punk record <laughs> right so right reference the greats and yeah, show people yeah. hey okay you like my record well what about these other artists that that have inspired yeah. me to write this and i feel like you yeah. did that in, in a really great way Thank you. And it's, it's very exciting to me, by the way, the attention that radio silence has actually gotten, it gets brought up in every interview and I'm stoked because it's, it's literally my favorite song on the album. And, and it's just been awesome that people are hearing that and, and seeing it, you know, it was, it was the one that I was like, I love this song, but is anybody going to really like this? Like, you know, (laughs) I, I think it's great. Um, Thank you. I love it. I've always I've always had like I'm not the guy that skips the ska songs on the punk records. Like I do listen right. to them. You know, I know there's some people right. that are like you know when when all like no effects or bands like that would play the ska songs. People were right. Like, okay, let's just yeah. I always dug them. I'm, I was always yeah. a fan. So and and something that I I definitely got uh, I tried to be cognizant of is to make sure that the reggae or hip-hop influenced songs were not the only ones that at least had little parts in them that also referenced that. So, like Rebel Songs, the the song Rebel Songs, it's not the main guitar, but there is a guitar in there doing sort of a reggae part in the verse. So it was like, because I didn't want to do that, you know what I mean? It had to be, everything needed to fit together as it fit on an album. I didn't want to be... It to be one of those albums where it was weird for weird sake and you'd had the weird this song and this song and yeah. this song and this, you know. Uh, so I definitely work to obviously songs like uh, Look Alive or Radio Silence or Grace um, sort of pop out. But at the same time, I wanted them to sort of make sense in the mix, you know. That's really funny. It does set the tone. I noticed that. Yeah. I noticed that exact mm-hmm. little little thing. Um, yeah. So so going into this record, and you worked with Brian McTernan, who is a good friend yeah. of mine, an incredible mm-hmm. producer, who's also yeah. like, he took a big hiatus, came back, and I feel like he's just more energized than ever. Yeah. Um, how, how much work went into this record in terms of talking about the production with him? Did you know the order of the songs? Like, did you know that you had to set the table in Rebel Songs for Radio Silence? Like, those little tiny details? Like, how much of that was thought about? Because that's a cool look behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a lot of work. And Brian became an extra member of this because uh, what I brought to him was insanity. Like, uh, I, uh, me, Jed and Gene, who were, they were helping me work out this album and get all these styles and different 
ways of doing things and teaching me to play guitar a little bit better and like stuff like that. Um, it, when I brought it to Brian, like he was like, this is great, but it's fucking insane. What is going on? Like, you know, like, and so, and so we sat down and like, he helped sort of go through them, make it, make it make a little bit more sense, make them more like work together. Um, and, um, it was great. It was just absolutely fantastic having him and having that, um, grounding, you know what I mean? Uh, because otherwise this may have actually come out as pure insanity. And like every song's this weird, different thing that doesn't make sense with the other. Um, but what was cool is that, so I came to him with the songs in the order I wanted them. And then we sat down and made them work. You know, like it was like, okay, this is how these are going to work together and how this song will go into this song and this song will go into this song and how this song will reference this other song. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah. Uh, And then just the uh, people don't realize sometimes just the even sitting down and making sure kick patterns are good Mm -hmm. and that the Mm -hmm. bass is lining up with the drums and that the guitar is doing what it needs to be doing without overshadowing the keys or the, you know, so it's uh, it was great to have his brain in there because I mean, as you know, he he's brilliant. And, and it is, and I don't mind saying it, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. And to have him in the room and listening intently and going, okay, what if this was this chord instead, or if we did this this way or turn this around here and we do it and sometimes it'd fall flat, sometimes it'd be amazing. And we just, it was such a wonderful working relationship and I've already like nailed him down for the next album. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's known to be intense and he's known to be a very hands-on serious person. And I Mm -hmm. gotta say, man, I don't know if if how difficult this record was or how much time you spent, but your Mm -hmm. vocals sound great. Maybe the best I've ever heard your voice sound. Oh, thank you so much. I don't know if that's, you know, a combination of Brian pushing you or maybe Mm -hmm. a little time off from the road, uh, resting those vocal cords, but you really do sound great on this. Thank you. And I think that it's a little bit of two things. It's um, Brian was very, and bless him, like very intent with getting me like, cause you, you know, you, you sing, you know, you get sure. in there and you think you're hitting notes and you're not, you know, <laughs> yeah. and like, and, and only someone can tell from the outside, you know? And he'd be like, no, it's, eh. I was like, I am singing, and eh. no, you're not. Like, you know, it's like, and we went, and it was, it was honestly a little frustrating, but I'm so glad that he yeah. was that intense with it because it really helped. And not only that, but I made sure on this, because I'll be honest with you on some, and with everyone on some old Boyce of Fire albums, we have to, and I think you might even have gotten a look behind this curtain just when you helped us out a little bit, right. um, <laughs> is that we, we down tune everything so I can sing some of those songs because I was not singing within my range right. on those albums, you know? So on this album, I was very cautious writing going, okay, is this my actual range right. or is it too high or too low? You know, and so I definitely I found a range in in my area where I could sing like lower parts and higher parts and them still work and went with it. You know, these are things that I can still do when we play live. I can still, you know, and uh, and so that was very important to how that I came off vocally on this album, I think. Totally. And that's the thing. I mean, live is a whole nother beast. When, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, singing yeah. and screaming on stage, you know, yes. and you got like 12 shows in a row in Europe and you're jet lagged to start yeah. the tour and then you get a cold <laughs> yeah. and all those things yeah. factor in. You're like, let's just go down a half step. It'll just make everyone's right. life so much more easy. Right, you know? right. No yep. shame in that at all, man. No. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so, uh, Another song I want to, while well, we're talking about the record, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Capital Stairs. This, obviously this is a song about January 6th. And yeah. a thing that an event that I know you were very vocal about on social media and stuff when this was mm-hmm. happening. Um, yeah. It must be very difficult to sum up such a complex, hard topic in one song. When oh, you, yeah. When you go after um, this kind of a topic in a song, is there a fear mm-hmm. that you just can never explain it all? 
or, or yes. what, what's the goal with that? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's yeah. a very, very hard thing to do. Yeah, no, that's a great question because um, I, I definitely have thought about this a lot and I've talked about it in a couple of interviews actually is that that song specifically was so difficult because you have the uh, media. I mean, we were all watching TV when this happened or most of us were because we thought this might happen. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like it was a shock, but at the same time I was already watching TV, you know I mean? Going, okay, here we go. Come on Pence, just get it over with. Let's rip off the bandaid and move forward, you know? And, um, and it was one of those things where you're watching going, wait a minute, what's going on? Wait, what the fuck's going on? Like, you know, and it was uh, very akin to nine 11, when many of us were just getting information all of a sudden going, is the attack here? Is it just there? Is it everywhere? What the fuck is going on? Right. And so um, going into that song, I didn't want to stick in that area of just being angry and confused and what the fuck about it. I wanted to be a little bit more, I, I mean, when you listen to it, there's a bit more of, that didn't really work out as you wanted it to, did it, guys? You know, like type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason I go for that, as opposed to just saying fuck you to people, is that there is a complexity in the difference between those who are guiding evil and those who subject themselves to it or become part of a mob because they themselves are hurting and broken. Yeah. And so there's a bit of a, of a caution zone that I think I, I need to take there in that it's not just all fuck you. Uh, I can say that to Trump. I can say that to elected officials and people who, who stoked this, but to many who were there, I'm not sure if I can give that same ire. You know, I think there's a, there's Uh, It's it's hard. As you said, it's complex. And like, there are so many people out there who, here's the thing. One of the main reasons that, and I'll try not to rabbit trail, but this is very connected. Um, um, One of the reasons why I tried to make such a joyful album and why I've tried to bring myself out of being so angsty and a bit more joyful and happy and positive is because that's the opposite of what created that. You know, uh, I don't think that we can use the same tactics they use in order to defeat that. Um, There's too many hurt people. There's too many people who are guided by hate, who are guided by fear because they're hurting, because they're broken inside, because something has happened that's devastated them. And they're told the reason you're hurting is because of those people. And the more people that guide, it's just not fair, you know, at the end of the day that we put a part in that where we, we use people as pawns for our political ideas without recognizing that the reason they're grasping on is because we're giving them something to hate. We're giving them something to be angry at. Why can't we give them something to be healed by instead? Then, then those things don't attract them anymore. I learned that for myself when I was, when I was dealing with the abuse I had went through as a child, there was a time where I got very angry (laughs) and very like, just, there was a point I had to shut down my personal Facebook uh, post like years ago, long, long time ago, (laughs) because a lot of people agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I went down a really bad path where I was, I was very angry at religion and through my anger at religion, some less well-meaning individuals sort of guided me into putting that anger towards Muslims, Islam, at a very politically, you know, good for them time to do that. Hmm. Um, and I started saying things that I would have never said in my fucking life. And it was bumming people out. It was angering fans. It was making my friends like question who I was. And it was all anger and it was all just hurt and brokenness. And I was hurting other people through that. 
And this is what I look back at because there was a point where the guys in Boy Sets Fire sat me down and was like, look, uh, we love you. We're here for you. But we can't get on the stage and say the things we do while you're saying this shit. Like, it's just, it's not right. And um, I got angry and, you know, there was a lot of uh, shit with that. But at the end of the day, a while later, I went, I get it. You know, like as I started receiving healing, as I started helping myself, I had to go back to them and go, thank you. Right. I appreciate you doing that because they didn't abandon me. They just said, look, we're not going to play. We're here. Let's talk all this through. We're, we're your friends. We're here for you. But it's just you, ca- you can't do this. Like you're hurting people. You're you're hurting yourself. And um, and so I look back at that now with people like this, how many of these people haven't been like this all their life, you know, but they have been hurt and they have been broken inside. And all it took was some asshole to go, okay, they're going to be my pawn. And how I'm going to do this is I'm going to scare the shit out of them about this, that, and the other thing. And then I can guide them to put money in my pocket. Right. So that's another layer for sure. Yes. So yeah. the so the opposite of that is to show joy and love and compassion. And and I want to be cautious when I say that because I do not believe that those who are literally immediately hurt by people like that need to be cautious. <laughs> people in the LGBTQIA plus community, uh, trans people, um, uh, uh, people, black people, people, women that are literally like walls and shit are being made right now against them. I do not mean that those people would need to be more cautious with hateful bigots, but I do. People that look like me, right? people who present like me need to be doing more work and need to be on the front lines of this speaking to the hurt that is making people who look like me hurt people who don't. Wow. Well, um, well, well put there at the end, Nathan. Thank you. The last song on your record that said Mm -hmm. has a very, very, very surprising message of positivity and hope at the end. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling better now. I'm, I'm back up off the ground, et cetera which is the way that you ended this record off. Um, yeah. What, what's next? I mean, I always think about that when I hear a record and it ends mm-hmm. a certain way. Have you thought yeah. about that? I mean, I know the record just came out. Are mm-hmm. you going to try to make another um, Rebel Songs record? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be mm-hmm. talking more about personal things? Are we mm-hmm. going to get a Boy Sets Fire record? What's, what's kind of <laughs> next? I th- I th- that's actually a great question. I love it. Um, because that said was put at the end of that album on purpose. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it was the ending song. It was like, well, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> I just talked about all this stuff that, you know, I'm trying to be positive about, even though it's bumming me out. But with that said, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep being up. I'm going to keep doing this, you know? Right. And I think that was the segue into what I'm going to do next which is to expound on Rebel Songs, not to create another Rebel Songs, yep. but to create the what's next to that. And I think what's next to that is digging deeper into the experimentation of what I was doing musically, uh, to look even deeper into the social issues um, that maybe I could shed better light on, you know, uh, that maybe I could attack in a different way, that that no one else is hearing or no one else is putting out right now, which is a challenge, but it's a, it's a great challenge to have. So I think that, you know, as I move forward, it will go into this blending of, you know, I, I have it written on my board right now. The personal is political is personal. Yeah. And I think that those things intersect so often. And if we do not take care of the personal, we do not take care of the political and vice versa. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you started out your career at Boy Sits Fire being a very mm-hmm. political band and, yeah. you know, you went into some more personal issues like you've touched on. And now, you know, with the title track of this record, Rebel Songs, which 
which you have with uh, a feature with Tim McElrath of Rise Against, yeah. which is really mm-hmm. cool, by the way. You know, yeah. this is really like a throwback to the way I feel like we all felt when we found out about the punk scene. And we found yeah. out about hardcore music, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't have the lyrics right in front of me anymore, but, you know, talking about, you know, this, this is music. This is, this is not something you sell. This is, I forget mm-hmm. the exact quote. I'm misquoting yeah, it. Yeah, music's not a product you sell. It's a reason to believe. It's a movement to save yourself. Right. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. cool that, uh, I don't know, 45-year-old um, Nathan mm-hmm. Gray is kind of throwing back to 15 year old Nathan Gray yeah. in terms of the belief. It's like, we've, we've yeah. gone from, you know, caring about punk rock to mm-hmm. getting hurt and really focusing on our personal life and now caring about punk rock again. And it's yeah, like such absolutely. a cool cycle um, <laughs> yeah. that, that I think really does uh, anchor this album to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for calling me 45, by the way. I'm 49. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look but I great. appreciate that. You look yeah. great anyway. 39 thank you. Maybe, maybe you look. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it was actually great to come back to, yeah, to, to punk rock and really love it again, you know, and, and be like, I mean, this is what I know. It's what I've always known. And, and it's, and to come back and re-meet it again and, and, and to remember what it was like when I was younger and punk rock wasn't so much a style of music as it was an ethic and a, a moral code to an extent. And, and it was, it embraced all kinds of different styles of music. There were so many bands doing so many things and hardcore was the same way, you know, which was just an extension of punk itself. Um, so, but, you know, you go back to those old albums, you know, uh, those old punk albums when, when everyone was trying to figure out what this punk rock even was, you had so many different styles and so many different directions yeah. it was going in and it was beautiful. It was magnificent. And we can have that again. You know, it, it doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be stale. It doesn't have to be the same genre specific thing all the damn time. It can, punk can be something new and beautiful. It doesn't have to die off. It doesn't have to be stagnant. It doesn't have to be old music, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I feel in that it can be a rebellion. It can be a challenge. It can be almost dangerous in how joyful and, and positive it can be. Um, hell today with the way things are with all the doom and gloom out there today to be joyful is a revolutionary act anymore. So (laughs) I just, I, I, I just take, I take punk rock and that whole, you know, fuck you. I'm not going to be the way society wants me to be. And society right now wants you to be angry and bummed out and depressed and just a shitty angry consumer and that's all the system has ever wanted from us and it's doing a great job right now of getting us there you know (laughs) and so to bring out positive joyful music you know while everyone else is being so ironic and passe about stuff you know it's it it means something because i've even had that quote from people like people who have reviewed it that are more into angry music or whatever it's like Oh, it's so cheesy and positive. Like, all right. Like, you know, like, all right. I'm sorry. You can't be happy. My bad. Like, yeah. That's, but that's what we're dealing with. So, yeah. you know, that's very funny. Uh, speaking of punk and voices, fire and shows, mm-hmm. how was furnace fest? It was great. It was a lot of fun. It was, um, it was, it was, uh, it's, it's funny. Like, um, getting up there, and and doing that to a collective of people from all over the country. Yeah. You know, it's a very different experience because like um, Boy Sets Fire can do a little bit of touring in the U.S. and really not that many people show up. I mean, be honest with you. It's um, the U.S. It, it, we don't do great. You know, 20, 30 people show up and that's <laughs> awesome. And we have a great time. Right. But then you get up on this stage to all these people from all over who came to see you and all these other bands. And, and there was a, um, there was a feeling almost of it didn't matter who was playing. You know what I mean? Cool. 
And that was sort of cool. Yeah. You know, like it was just like, it didn't matter that it was us or any other band. It just mattered that music was playing and we were all there together. And it was, it was magical. It honestly was. It was absolutely brilliant. I was, I tried to come down at the kind of at the last minute. I was like, ah, maybe it's not a good idea and I shouldn't go, but I, I, I was gutted. And then I saw you open with after the eulogy and I was like, oh man, I would have loved to see, you know, Um, it was intense thousands of people just screaming (laughs) rise along with you guys and and you know that would have been a beautiful moment and i wanted to ask you about it because it's 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 a it was a really cool thing they were able to put together and get so many bands to come back from you know like the 90s haven't played shows in like 20 plus years yeah Uh, yeah yeah so that must have been kind of cool to see as well oh yeah absolutely was um so talking about, you know, touring and, and you bring up America and Europe, sadly, your European shows had to be canceled a few weeks ago. I know you were yes. really gutted about that. You do have some American dates coming up in February, March. That's exciting. Hopefully they're yes. going to go down. Oh, yeah. Very exciting. And, and we are moving forward as if they are. So I hope yep. so. You know, um, uh, it's it's been great. I think that an enormous... Um, help uh to 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 this to to what i'm doing uh i did a frank turner tour yeah and it was like a last minute thing because one of the people that was opening the the tour couldn't do it anymore so so frank got in touch with me and he was like can you do this and well he sounded a lot more cool and british when he said that but (laughs) it was (laughs) but um but i was like well fuck yeah it's like but it's acoustic and i was like holy shit. Okay. How do I do that now? Because I've just created this whole huge band (laughs) and it's like, it's so not acoustic. And, um, I was like, okay, well, we're going to have to re envision what that means. So I got, uh, the guy that's playing bass for me to play acoustic guitar and one of the guitarists to play electric with like pedals and stuff. And then, uh, Becky who sings backups to do the backups and backups. And we have these three part harmonies and like all this stuff and brought, and the idea was to bring the exact same energy I would with a full band to an acoustic setting and to Love make that. it as uplifting and joyful and almost like a big tent revival feel to it. Um, and it was great. It was like, okay, well, we're definitely bringing this to the full band now, this idea, because it just, it works so well and it reaches people where they're at. You know, keeping that energy up, keeping that message out there and talking, but not getting so bogged down in the talking that the energy drops, you know, and, and you can see people reacting to it. You can see people like, uh, people crying or laughing or dancing and having a great time. And that tour just boosted everything. Like it was, uh, Frank Turner has probably the best fans in the goddamn world. It's like the Grateful Dead fans. They're insane. Yeah. Like it's like in the most positive way I've ever seen in my life. Like they are dedicated to music and to a positive message and they just want to have a good time and feel something, you know, brilliant. So, um, so I, I, we were able to grab some of them up and, uh, I feel moving forward on this tour, it's a building process, but it's been a beautiful building process um, of really stepping things up. And um, so the March tour, we will do, I think it's 14 dates, 14, 15 dates. And um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But I'm very excited for this and I'm very excited to fight again. You know what I mean? Like to get out there and prove myself. Um, I don't, you know, I, I made a decision not that long ago that, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, which I don't want that to happen, but you know, <laughs> I'm only 40, 45, as you would say, but, <laughs> if, um, but I would be very happy with what I've done with Boy Sets Fire. I have accomplished what I set out to accomplish there. Um, I have accomplished in other realms things that I wanted to do. This, I'm not ready yet to let go. I'm not ready to say that's as far as it goes. So I'm putting all my time and effort. And I've tried to explain this to people to no avail at times, but like it's, this is what I will be doing. I'm not going to be doing anything else. Um, for many years to come. 
Um, and because I have to focus on this at my age, once again, I have gotten to a point where I have to focus on what I still need to do and what needs to happen in my life for me, you know? Um, and so I can't really put a lot of thought into what needs to happen for other people, you know, and what they need to hear, what they want to hear out of it. I just need to get this out. So, uh, that's where my focus is going to be, is going to be on this band on Nathan Gray and the Iron Roses and moving forward into the next album, into the next tour, into the next whatever. But that is going to be my main focus. Well, there you go. The tour starts on February 25th, Providence, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. continues through to March 18th, uh, ending in Philadelphia and some great venues. I mean, Beat Kitchen in Chicago is great. Yeah, uh, I love so it. You're playing Hamtramck, uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try to make it out for that. Um, yeah, really great. Cool. Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. This is a really great tour and that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So congrats on that. Um, speaking of Frank Turner, now you did that song together. Did this all stem from a rainy night in Berlin at a radio show? Because I was there, <laughs> I was there too. I, I missed you guys yeah. by like 10 minutes. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and, Funny enough, this stems way earlier, and okay. it's 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 a cool story. But we'll bring that night up too. So, <laughs> like, um, it it stems from, uh, and Frank would tell this story on stage during this tour was he was in a band that nobody knew um, in 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 London or whatever, and we were. I don't know if it was even that. Oh, I think okay. it might have even been something before that that. No one knows the name of, but, um, but so it was their first gig and Boy Set Fire was playing in town. It was like 97, 96, wow. I want to say. Okay. And, uh, apparently he harassed the promoter for 48 hours until he finally said, okay, fine. You can open for Boy Set Fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he interviewed me for his zine. Oh, wow. <laughs> and since then we've been in touch. You know what I mean? We've been friends and we've been in touch and obviously like his fucking, he just went through the roof massive. Like, and, and it's been awesome to watch like him take on that popularity. And at the same time, know him as a person. And, and you know, there's times where you're like, Oh, there's so many dicks out there fucking playing music, you know, like, and, and, but then you look to that and go, but there's some real good ones out there too. There's some people out there that deserve everything they're getting right now. And it's brilliant to watch. Um, and that's Frank Turner without a doubt. Um, he's, I mean, he's a buddy of mine and he's a really good friend of the show and uh, happy 40th, uh, birthday to Frank. We missed it yesterday, two days ago. Yep. Uh, so there you go. The big four Oh for Frank. But, but then that was the accidental almost meeting up in Berlin where like yep. Frank was doing that radio show. I was doing it after him. And then you were doing after that, I think. Something like that. Yeah. And it, was, it was like this running into each other thing. It was crazy. <laughs> but, um, but, but from there, we actually started talking more and we decided to do that song. So I had written that song and then brought it to Frank because it was like, you know, I've got some songs that aren't going to go on the next album. You know, um, they did, didn't fit in with what I was looking for in Rebel Songs, but I thought they were still decent songs and good songs and, and should, should get out there. And, and, and also yeah. gave a, a, some positivity and hope when people needed it. So um, I got in touch with Frank. I was like, hey, you want to help me, you know, fully write this song? Because it's sort of written, but not really, you know. And, um, and he was like, yeah, sure. And we did it. And then we created the video and that was pretty much it. You know, it was just like, cool. We did a thing, (laughs) put it out. Um, and, and then from there obviously kept in touch. And, and so funny story was that when this tour came around, I saw that Frank was touring the U S and I wrote him first actually. And I was like, Hey dude, what's up with that? Who are these people opening for you? You don't call me? What the fuck? You know, like, gave, gave him some shit. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Next time, next time. I'm like, okay, cool. Next time. Then next time was two weeks later. <laughs> he went, uh, actually, so <laughs> this guy dropped off the tour. You want to do it? I was like, 
did not realize soon would be that soon, that's, but yeah, let's fucking do it. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, excited for that tour coming up for you. That's going to be really great. Um, other things awesome. going on. I mean, you've been so busy uh, with that whole friend series. I love the song you did with blackout problems. One of the best German bands. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, you put yeah. out a book in 2020 as well, mm-hmm. which must yeah. feel so long ago considering it was pre pandemic. Um, the best on- is that I almost checked your work on that. Like it couldn't have been that soon. <laughs> oh my God. It is. Like- <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I know, yeah. I mean, have you worked, been working on or thinking about anything else like that? Like, uh, writing or, or anything else? Cause I know that's something you're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've definitely thought about it. It's on the back burner though at yeah. the moment. So I'm, I'm very concentrated on really developing the road team. You know what I mean? The people who are going to be the iron roses, quote unquote, you know, yeah. and making sure that I have a very, um, cause I don't want to have to, every week go, okay, who's going to do it this time? Can you do it this time? Can you like, you know, I want to have, I want to have a band, you know what I mean? I I need to have like some legit band members that can do this whenever I need them to do it. So I'm going to be focusing on doing that and getting us trained and ready to go because being part of this band is actually a lot more than maybe other bands because we've set forth a bit of a different mission. Um, And that is that, what we do on stage is a bit of a, there's no better word to put it than like sort of a ministry. I talk about stuff that are, you know, somebody came up to me during one of the shows and was like, it's sort of like being part of a secular revival. Like it's like, yeah, it is. Um, but <laughs> so when I'm talking to people and I'm talking about feelings and I'm talking about, um, basically just up there loving on people, you know what I mean? And, and putting forth a message and talking and whatnot. Um, what I, I, my understanding, and, and you've seen me do this even with Boys of Fire, like I get down right after we play, I'm talking to people, I'm hanging out with people, yeah. I'm, you know, loving on them a little bit, giving them some time, you know? Um, and my thought for this is that I want a full band that can do this, that can take this on, because at the end of the day, with the music I'm writing, the message I'm putting forth. Now, this isn't for everybody, but it is for this band, you know? Um, and I, I want to make sure to say that because sometimes people be like, well, fuck you. Why, why, why is my band not good enough? It's not that. It's, it's um, I have decided that I need to create a band that isn't a bunch of dudes that look like me. You know, um, I wanted to bring in people who are not white dudes, not a whole band of white dudes. Very important to me, and I'll tell you why, is that for this band, as it is not just a band and not just entertainment and more of a ministry per se, I want people in the audience to feel comfortable with whoever they come to talk to. Not everybody is going to look at me and believe that I understand their experience. And that makes sense. So if I have a very diverse team of people on the stage with me, Maybe someone will be touched by what I say, but won't feel so comfortable walking up to me to talk about it. But maybe they'll talk to Becky. Maybe they'll talk to Phil. Maybe they'll talk to Jalen, you know, um, who more mirror their experience to them. And that's important if music is not the main focus. You know what I'm saying? Um, It's part of the focus, but there's a, a whole thing to it. So that, that is what I'm working with right now. And it's, it's not easy, but I think it's important uh, for this band, for me to pick people who not only represent many different ways of life, but also at the same time, um, know how to act on the road, you know, know how to treat people, know how to be respectful of people because also it is when you're doing music that is just entertainment and it's beautiful. I love some bands that are just there to rock out and get off the stage. Great. Love it. But for me, it's, it's different. So when you were doing a band like that and you were, um, I I wish I could think of a different word than minister to people because it sounds so fucking Jesus. But, (laughs) but like, but I don't know what else to call it. You know, but when you're doing that, 
you are putting people in an emotional state um, that you have to be very cautious with. Um, if you have people on your team that will take advantage of that, we have a problem. You know what I mean? And that falls back on me. So I need to make sure that I bring people out who are not able, only able to handle that emotional outpouring, but are also able to handle it responsibly and respectfully and to respect our audience and our friends and our, you know what I mean? Um, because I mean, you see it happening out on the road where all yeah. of a sudden, you know, a, a woman has been assaulted uh, someone has been raped, someone has been taken advantage of, and it is because these bands do not take the time to vet who they're taking out with them. Yeah. And they do not keep tabs on those things. They do not have rules about these things. And, and so I was like, I'm going to do it different. I just, I, I I'm not going to curse the darkness. I'm going to light a candle, you know? Um, so that is, where I'm at right now is that's my main push is building this team to go out and really spread some joy and love and kindness and, you know, um, productivity to the world. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful thing, Nathan. Uh, congratulations on, on the new record, on everything you got coming up. Um, for all the Boy Sets Fire fans listening, I know your focus right now is on your solo sorry. stuff. And we've <laughs> yes. been talking about it for this entire interview. But mm -hmm. it's been a while since the self-titled Boy Sets Fire album. Is there any talk with the guys of maybe getting another another record out of you guys? Uh, probably not anytime soon. Okay. And that's okay. just being honest. And um, I, I, to any of the Boy Sets Fire fans out there, and that's not, I, I don't want to be dismissive. You know what I mean? Uh, because I care very deeply about those who have been here along the way for us, for Boy Sets Fire. And I appreciate also that you've taken the time to care about my other you know, things that I'm doing now. But uh, for me, I, I have to move forward. Yeah. And I have to do what I'm doing now. And that doesn't mean that it'll never happen. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that there won't be a Boy Sets Fire album or, you know, we won't play more shows here and there. Uh, but it does mean at the moment that I have to focus here. And so I can't say if or when it'll ever happen, you know, but for, for those fans, we love you. We care about you. And, uh, we are still on good terms. Like we're all friends. Nothing is, you know, falling apart and, and we're never going to do that breakup thing again because <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? You just sure. can never tell what you might do. So what's the point of doing a big breakup? Uh, so, so we just figured, well, you know, we'll see what happens when we get down the road. We've all got other things to do and maybe it will, but for now, this is what's most important to me. And, um, I really appreciate all those fans that have followed me along the way. And we appreciate you, Nathan. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this and talking with me. Um, anything else to tell the people before I let you go? Uh, I guess just, you know, check me out on social media. Um, that's where you'll hear, you know, most of my rants and or telling you when an album's coming out or when I'm going on tour. Uh, yep. you can find me under Nathan Gray music, uh, on either Instagram or Facebook and on Twitter, which I don't get on that often. So don't really bother, but uh, <laughs> Nathan Gray songs is Twitter. Uh, but you know, I go on there every once in a while and joke around. That's about it. There you go. But, um, but you know, Instagram is my, my main dog. So <laughs> All right. if you find me on there, uh, but that's it. Yeah. It'd just be great if people would follow along and get excited and get into what I'm doing. I love That'd be it. rad. I yeah. love it. Well, I'm going to leave the people with a tune. Here's the new one. The title track rebel songs featuring Tim from awesome. rise against by Nathan gray on lead singer syndrome. Thanks buddy. Thanks so much, Shane. Appreciate it.
So there is new music from Nathan Gray, Rebel Songs featuring Tim from Rise Against. This is a great album. Really, really good stuff. I love how uplifting, how positive it is. Make sure you check it out. And then if you want some rage, if you want some uh, anger, uh, check out, of course, The Legends, Voice It's Fire, with some great releases too. Don't sleep on their last record, the self-titled record from 2015, also awesome. I want to thank Nathan so much for coming on, for talking to me, and I want to thank you so much for listening to this. If you're keeping track, this is episode 299, (laughs) which means next week we are going to have episode 300 with a very, very special guest. 300, prepare for glory. It's going to be good. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you tune in next week. I'll be blasting you. I'm sure you'll see it. But regardless, I don't want you to miss it. It's going to be a good one. And because we have time, why not throw it back to a classic Boy Sets Fire song? Here it is after the eulogy on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time. Right. What's your fucking right? 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 What